listener discretion. Firstly, in any of the stories that we cover in this episode, any of the humour will never be aimed towards any of the victims. Secondly, any impressions that are done are only done for the purpose of humour and mean no offence. Now, on with the episode. Imagine that it is night time. You are all alone on an overlook that spans hundreds of miles. There, you can not only see the land, but also gain a full appreciation of the universe above you. The stars, they shine bright tonight, almost too bright. You are alone, and yet, you can never be alone ever again. The stars, the stars, they seem to be fading, and your vision with them. And with that, you remember exactly where you are. I hope you're ready for today's episode because it's going to be a spooky one. So first of all, I need you to go into your kitchen. I need you to pick up something incredibly delicate and I need you to hold it in one hand. And then I need you to get really close to the speaker or phone that you're listening to this podcast on. I need you to get really, really close. And I'm going to be very, very, very quiet because I'm going to do some vocal warm-ups. Okay, very, very quiet. It's Grandad. And Pandora. (laughs) And welcome back to Better Show. I've got an update on where Grandma is. Grandma's currently on holiday at the moment, erecting pyramids in Spain. But that's okay. <laughs> so, in Spain? Um, yeah, it's fine. It's Egyptian-style pyramids in Spain. It's a personal dig at him. Um, but welcome to the show. Um, I was going to ask you before we actually started, do you have a specialist subject? Um, not, not really, no. Um, this is my first ever podcast, so like, we're just going to see how this goes. Okay, fair play. Um, so I've got a couple of creepy stories to read out this show like I usually do. Um, one of them I wanted to cover was the one that you actually sent me. Wasn't it a friend from a friend? Yeah, it was a, yeah. I'd asked around and I just basically said, has anyone got any scary stories? And one of my friends was like, oh yeah, well, I know this friend and you know how it is. Okay, cool. And they just, they just sent me this story. I was like, oh, okay. Right, okay. I wasn't sure if you wanted to read it or if you're happy with me reading it. It's up to you. Um, yeah, go ahead, read it, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to start off with your story then, first of all. Um, so this one was sent to you by a friend of a friend. Yeah. So you've captioned it, something was digging. So it was late December night. I was walking home alone from my job at the paper mill. I didn't live far, and I knew that calling a taxi would be expensive and unnecessary. It was a short walk. A few alleyways between the estate and I'd be home. It was the one particular alleyway that I was not overly fond of walking. Even when it was light, it still gave me the chills. The reason being that halfway through the alleyway, there were graves. It opened up onto a graveyard. So this one particular night, uh, open bracket, I admit I still get uh, the odd nightmare, close bracket. I was walking down the alleyway listening to a remix of some old 80s tunes. I always tried not to look into the graveyard, uh, open bracket, stupidly afraid of ghosts, close bracket. But this one time I did. 
there was something digging up her grave. Way too late to be a funeral worker. I pulled out my headphones and dialed 999. But before I could reach the last nine, it screamed. A high-pitched noise piercing my ears as it threw its head back looking towards the sky. This wasn't a man. But it didn't look like an animal either. Then it looked at me. I started to run. I could hear it following. I ran so fast I dropped my headphones. As soon as I was out of the alleyway, it was gone. Like it never existed. I phoned the police as soon as I reached my house and locked the door behind me. They asked me to, uh, in quotations, come in for questioning. I told them everything. It turns out they had CCTV around the area. So they, uh, so they checked it over and over. I'm sure of what I saw. I wasn't on drugs, I wasn't drinking, and I wasn't tired. But all they could see was me. Then just like that, the investigation was closed and no one spoke of it. So... I mean, this this definitely got me thinking because there are definitely um, uh, British legends of things like um, I think they're called um, skin changes and things like that, um, doppelgangers. Um, I oh, wasn't right, sure yeah. if you, I wasn't sure if you had any theories on it. To be honest, I was kind of thinking it's a little bit like um, a bit alien. It sounds a bit out yeah. of world. Yeah. I mean, we haven't had much. Uh, I, I haven't really looked into it because um, I'm more of a uh, supernatural than um, uh, extraterrestrial stuff. But um, as far as I'm aware, aliens don't have as large a mythos as they do in places like the States. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's quite an unusual story, to be honest, because I'm kind of like, why, what happened? Why did it just sort of like vanish? I mean, I, I, I did, um, I've read this story out to a couple of people because I thought they might be interested. I read it out to my sister as well. And her main focus was that um, the, the person who called the police in her eyes was wasting police's time because obviously they don't have like a, a supernatural department. <laughs> um, but I mean, I suppose if you're, if you're being chased by something, your, your natural impulse is to go and seek help as best you can. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, in my in my opinion, I think that's exactly what I'd do. I'd be like, I, I wouldn't know what it was because obviously, like, I'd be like, is this a creepy mental case? Like, is he escaped from a home? Um, I mean, I'd, I'd be like, maybe I would call the police, but then I don't know. I mean, I'd love to know if it was like a mental patient thing. What they would designate that case as? Okay, so like, just imagine they're like reading through their clipboard of their patients. Like, we've got a nervous schizophrenic. And we've got a really autistic person, and we got a moon screamer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely, definitely an interesting one because I've been coming across uh, peculiar stories um, in the UK, but they're usually uh, centered around a military uh, in- inspiration, whether it be during a war or by people carrying out um, special ops missions during modern day times. And I'll probably cover those in a later podcast, but definitely interesting to hear stories um, in the UK as well, especially if it's something that you, you you probably expect more to hear about in the States than in the UK, something like that. Yeah. Um, well, um, so, I mean, I just got, I just got sent it. So I was kind of like, okay, this is, 
this is quite interesting. I'm going to go with this. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, by all means, like um, it doesn't just go to you, to anyone listening who feels like they'd like to post anything in the page, get in touch with me. And that's where we'll post it. I don't mind writing it up. There's no problem at all. And um, that's what I've done for a couple of other people, like the ones who've had the peculiar dreams I've written up and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so we've we've looked into the supernatural before you ghost investigation together i wasn't sure if you'd mind talking a bit about that oh yeah that's right yeah we did a uh, a documentary didn't we um we did yes um so i wasn't sure how much detail you wanted to go in about it but you uh you were able to find the location for us because originally we were going to film at a big house um just outside of bexley but they were going to charge us an outrageous amount of money just to film there yeah um, um funnily enough it was actually a another like friend of a friend and it's basically um my little brother's godmum own yeah she knew the people that had owned the house and so yeah no we was allowed was allowed to film in it and um yeah it was it was haunted wasn't it yeah well so quote unquote haunted so some of the information that i remember you giving me at the time um, was that the people that had, because uh, you and your parents had done it up once before, hadn't you? Painting or furniture uh, or something? Yeah, like that. painting and um, like, uh, like curtains. My mum made the curtains for it. So your parents did the, um, uh, did the kind of makeover of the place, and then a friend of a friend suggested um, that property when we were looking for places to film. So we got a um, a ghost investigator to join us. Um, I. I have actually tried looking him up since because he did actually, we had his name um, in uh, animated text during the documentary. So I did try and find him, but unfortunately to no luck. But no, it was interesting to hear his perspective on it because he said, um, I don't know if you remember, but he said, uh, I don't know if it was that property, but he'd witnessed um, a group investigation where one of his female colleagues had become uh, possessed and then had um, almost collapsed. And, oh yeah that's right yeah I yeah. remember him saying that and uh, you kind of see that on other ghost investigations as well and it's interesting to see the different stages of possession that someone can go through so you've got the kind of possession where it kind of overtakes them they feel weak they feel sick they feel nauseous and they kind of have to take themselves out of it but there was one possession that I saw on a ghost investigation show I can't remember which one but this guy had six Ouija boards in front of him and he wasn't what? he wasn't um, obviously using all of them at the same time, but he was using them all to contact this one spirit. And he just kind of stood up with a dead look in his eyes and he charged the cameraman and he attempted. He was saying that after he came out of it, he all he wanted to do was kill the cameraman. But obviously it wasn't it wasn't him. It wasn't him in full control. Wow, that's pretty freaky. Um, I don't know whether you've ever had any kind of out-of-body experiences. I know some people who have, because um, you get certain... I mean, I, I'm still convinced that we're all in some kind of simulation, because I have moments when I'm walking along and I'm looking at a paving slab, and it's like, so all these paving slabs, they look fine, and that one's not quite rendered. And then it kind of jitters, and it's like, oh, it's rendered now. <laughs> yeah, like all you, like... um like all of a sudden you just like walk into a room and just forget what you went in there for and it's it reminds me of when you're playing the sims and your sims character goes into you go to do like um like wash the dishes and then all of a sudden you just cancel it 
Yeah, and they look at you like you've just turned off the oxygen in the room. They just get so confused and they just generally don't want to do. But there are points in life where you're like that. I find, I, I think my scariest one is, I don't do it so much now, but um, my parents would walk in and I'd just be kind of staring dead at the wall. Um, and I, 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 I know I'd be thinking about something, but I'd be, think, I'd be so engrossed in it that I just would have stopped anything that I'm doing and I'm just staring for minutes to anything from 10 to 15 minutes yeah that's crazy (laughs) I'm 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 quite similar to be honest because I'm a sleep talker and um, my dad was telling me this one story that he come into my room once and I just sat upright in bed still asleep and said download complete and then just (laughs) fell back down (laughs) So what were you downloading? What were the aliens sending you? Well, uh, that's what I was, I was like. Maybe I was abducted and I was like downloading some new brain information. You didn't. You um, didn't suddenly have any new information. You weren't walking around. It's like ah, this thing's going to happen tomorrow. You weren't feeling like you wanted to enter the lottery or anything like that. No, no. Just I don't, I don't even like remember what I was dreaming about or anything because it could have just been like a dream about a game or something, but. No, he just told me the story and I was like, well, that is just so creepy. Yeah, um, there are moments when, so my sister's quite a heavy sleeper, but when you bring her out of a heavy sleep, there'll be, she'll talk to you. And it's usually me just asking her if she wants to go in and have a shower or something like that before my parents clear up the shower or whatever. But she'll completely forget that conversation when she wakes up properly. Like it never happened. And she's convinced that we're lying to her. <laughs> So it's, it, yeah. it, is all, it is all the different states of sleep. And there was, um, there's another person that I'm hopefully going to have on the podcast soon that's going to talk to us about child sleeper agents, um, where apparently there have been re- reports in different countries of kids um, uh, kind of not blurting out, but speaking very clearly orders in a language that they've never learned. Oh, that's freaky. Um, so that will definitely be an interesting one to cover at some point. But I didn't know if you had any other stories of the supernatural that you fancied um, going over today before I go through another story. Um, no, nothing, nothing that comes to mind. No. OK, um, so there was one that I posted before. Did I tell you about the one that happened when I was working at Sainsbury's? Um, yeah, I think you did. Yeah. OK, well, I'm going to cover it on the podcast as well and we can maybe go through it together about what you think that might be. Right. Uh, with the story. Did a spirit grab me? I have only had a few paranormal experiences, but this one definitely stands out as being the most bizarre and unexplainable. I used to work for a local branch of the retail chain Sainsbury's in the UK. The shop was very small and was only made up of three and a half aisles. I would start work at 6am every morning and one morning my dad gave me a lift in. When we pulled up, we pulled up on the side where there are a few bushes and a stairwell that leads to the apartments above. Whilst waiting there, I saw a shadow by one of these bushes, but I just put it down to being tired. Once in work, I was working near the till area, and one of my colleagues came to join me. As she did, she let out a yelp in shock, as she had seen a dark shadow come from an aisle and into another. This was before I had told her what I had seen outside the shop only moments ago. A few minutes later... We were working on the newspapers to go out before, uh, before the shop opened to the public. At the front of the shop, there is a buzzer 
that delivery drivers can push to let us know there is a delivery to come in. That went off and there was no one to be seen at either entrance of the shop. The shop uh, shortly opened and a few strange things were happening then too. There were an unusual amount of blue bottles flying around, uh, flying around the ceiling. It was unusual because it was midwinter and I had made the connection naturally to dark energy or death that the flies are sometimes known to gather around. Another was that while working the till and looking at the camera feed that was playing back to us by a screen that was held by a ceiling support above the tills, I noticed a dark shadow dart across the bottom half. All of this can be called out as being normal, unexplainable events. That was until the last terrifying event took place. I was walking past the self-checkouts with little to no one else in the shop and something grabbed my right arm around my wrist. Instead of ripping my arm away, I slowly lowered it down and whatever it was was still holding on. I asked it politely to let me go and it eventually did. I was less distressed and more puzzled that the hand had not felt fleshy but more fluffy as if it were wearing a glove. Just to clarify, all this happened in one morning and nothing else followed after that event. What makes this event all the more compelling is that months before we had done a ghost investigation for an amateur documentary and we were told by the experts on site that we um, that this was the territory of the spirits and we needed to thank them when we were leaving uh, for the use of their environment and I had forgotten to do that. So that's that's probably the spookiest event that I've ever witnessed. Um, and the fact that it all happened in one day and then there was nothing else after that. To, to be honest, that does sound really freaky. The one thing that's caught me about it is the fact that the flies were flying around and the fact that there are apartments above the shop. Yeah. Oh, do you think someone which would kind of like there? Well, oh. yeah, that's kind of what it would insinuate is that, and this energy of the spirit is walking around Sainsbury's. See, do a bit shopping. Before they pass over the veil, they just need to do a little bit of shopping. No, fair enough. I mean, there's there's probably been even more bizarre um, unfinished business that spirits have had um, before they've passed on. Um, I don't know if you've ever encountered any um, bizarre stories of spirits that have stuck around for odd reasons, because um, I've, I've I've seen a few stories, and it's usually um, contact with family members just so that they can say their their piece before they go if they were. Uh, ripped from this world before their time and things like that yeah well that is funny that you should say that actually because of um for a while after my great-grandma passed away she used to try and she I used to dream a lot about her and in every dream I was unable to understand what she was saying until the very last dream I ever had before she just completely vanished was she was telling me her best friend's name and um, basically, I found out later on from her daughter that she was um, a bit delirious on her deathbed and she was actually, um, she couldn't remember who her best friend was. Right. And I think that maybe, like, maybe there's a chance that in my dreams that she was telling me that she remembered her name and that she was sorry. Okay. But, um, well, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Like... I suppose if she'd felt 
that's unexplainable yeah definitely and i suppose if she felt um upset like one would if they can remember their best friend's um best friend's name but then to perhaps in the spiritual plane whatever that is one gains their knowledge back they were just telling someone just so that they had the the clarification from you that she remembered again yeah i mean i I tried to explain it like perhaps um, it was something that I'd heard, overheard as a child. I mean, I was 11 at the time. And so I thought perhaps I'd overheard this story. But um, no, apparently not. Because apparently it was something that only her daughter knew about. Okay. And nobody else knew. So there was no chance of me overhearing it and then dreaming about it. Mm. So it was kind of like, an odd coincidence maybe or like maybe it was supernatural okay um so just going back to our ghost investigation it was definitely a cool prophecy that we got to film at because unlike um the place we were originally planning to film at um it was a residence that was still available to the public and um it was I, I, I at least i got this feeling it was very much stuck in its own time where it had things like a pantry and an indoor well um, and there was an orchard, wasn't yeah, there as a well? Space of land out back. The one thing as well that it had, which was really peculiar, was its own pet cemetery. Did it? And um, yeah, it did. Yeah, and it was just outside the uh, one of the lounges. There was a utility room and then a lounge, and then outside the lounge there was a little tiny pet cemetery, and they'd put little gravestones with their pets' names oh on it. Oh my god! Did you ever read any of them? Yeah, but I, I can't remember names. Oh, okay. Did they... I don't know if they'd ever... Because I suppose <laughs> it'd be rather weird if they stated what the animal was because I don't think, you know, you don't go into a graveyard and it's like, dear Julie, human. Um, <laughs> so it <laughs> yeah. probably wouldn't be the same for um, Fluffy, the, the squirrel. If I remember, I think they were like um, perhaps dog names, like, I don't know, like Fido, I guess, <laughs> just like generic dog names okay um i mean not not to draw conclusions here but i worry about the care of these animals if they were all dogs and they had a cemetery yeah (laughs) that does sound very suspicious but no obviously it was a family home and like if you lose a pet then you bury your pet so perhaps it's something that's gone on for generations yeah i mean did, did you ever find out how old that property was um, no, I didn't actually, but it's, um, I mean, it was a farmhouse and it did operate on, I think it was fuel heating. Yeah, it was operating on fuel heating. They had to go in and put all the central heating in and everything because it was that old. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So it would have cost an absolute fortune nowadays to heat it with fuel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, nice bit peculiar some of the things that we found and I couldn't bring myself to go down into the basement as you probably remember we got footage of it because one of our friends had gone down there um and I don't know about you but the only thing I remember seeing of that footage was a tiny little um plastic chair oh yeah that was yeah that was the that I think that was the thing that got me because I I don't know I don't know why I have a distinguishing between adult ghosts and child ghosts but child and baby ghosts can't deal with Oh no, I think they're more freaky, and I I don't really know why. 
Mm. Mainly because I think in a lot of scary movies, they're like always super evil. Yeah. But, um, but my question but is, one... like, the only furniture that was in that house was the plastic stuff. And why the fuck was it in the basement? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good question. But uh, the, the freakiest part for me of that basement was the fact that there were stairs in the corner. In the far left corner, as you went down, there were stairs, and they led to a door. Only the door had been bricked up. Oh. Okay. So it was kind of like, where did that door lead? My possible theory is that it actually led to an underground refuge, perhaps like a bunker during war. Okay, yeah, good point. Because I imagine it was no longer needed, so they obviously blocked it up. Yeah. Okay. No, that's a good point. I mean, it's it's less ter- it's less terrifying than my idea. <laughs> yeah, but I'm thinking if we're going with the the idea of a child, then hmm, why yeah. is that door blocked up? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, d- I don't know because um, well, I didn't actually know that, and that's that's pretty much new information to me. So I, it's difficult to imagine now because it was such a long time ago. Um, geologically speaking, of whether there was much of a room on the other side, because did you say it led up to ground level these these stairs? Um, they didn't seem to really lead anywhere. They just seemed to just stop. Um, okay, but where but where the bricks were, was that at ground level or was that still within the basement? That was still within the basement, which oh, okay. that's obviously what's led me to believe that it could have been in an underground bunker. And obviously, oh, okay. due to safety, perhaps they bricked it up, especially oh. if there's young children in the house. Because obviously it was a family home. Yeah. Hmm. Most curious. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll wrap up this section of the podcast. Thank you very much, Pandora, for joining us. I'm sorry there've been so many blips, but I'll try my best to edit this together as uh, as best I can. Clearly, the spooks aren't happy about us talking about this just yet. Well, yeah, because the connection's been lost quite a few times now, and yeah, and I'm using very... data which never fails, and you're using data which shouldn't fail. Yeah. Very odd. Anyway. Right, okay. Thank you for having me on the show. It's been no a worries. pleasure. No worries. Thank you very much. And hopefully join us again next week. We'll carry on a bit more. I'm going to cover one more story with this episode. And join us and hopefully see you again, Pandora, for another episode. Have a good evening. Thank you very much. So, yes, most mysterious. Um, not only the stories that we were covering, but also the fact that we lost so many connections. I'm going to put it down to the fact that we were talking about a baby murder basement. Um, just going by the fact that that room very clearly led onto a slaughterhouse or some kind of sinister setup. But I'm going to cover one more story. Um, it's one that I've put onto the Facebook page. So we're going to cover that now. Yarn of deception. A whole one. All to myself. It took what felt like forever to be ready. And it is true what they say. I waited upon pot shall never boil. I feel like I should wait for the family to get home, as I know that they too will most enjoy this special treat. But no, no, this is my reward. It took me weeks to find one that met all the criteria, and now my long wait has paid off. I waste no time using cutlery, apart from a steak knife and a sharp, long-tongued fork. I gently at first roll the blade over the flesh and watch the freshly cut line split open and release warm steam into my face. Cooked to perfection and juicy too, 
I say to myself. And that is all I need for the frenzy to begin. Using my bare fingers, I plunge both hands into the gash, in the flesh, and with a sudden movement, almost tear my dinner in two. Flesh falls effortlessly from the bone and is more delicious the deeper I go. I could have seasoned it, but there was no time. No time left before my hunger became unbearable, and as soon as it had started, the meal was finished. And I licked every finger at least three times. Finger licking good, you could say. That was the best chicken I had ever consumed. Sad thing is, no matter how long I wait, the family would never have been able to enjoy it with me. That's just wishful thinking. Thank you very much for joining us on this episode of Better Show. Sorry it's been a bit patchy, but we're going to put that down to the fact that the spooks were not wanting us to talk about scary stories, which is fair enough. Um, But I suppose we should cover where you guys can find us. You guys can still only find us on Facebook, Better Show, spelled B-E-T-T-A show where we're going to be posting creepy yarns which are stories where i ramble uh the podcast art and uh real uh recounts on events that happen all over the world but from grandad and from pandora on the show as well we wish you a very good evening and we'll see you guys next week sorry it's been a short one